Max Pemberton, a doctor and Daily Mail columnist, and this is part one of a special three-part podcast for Mail Plus Health, where I speak to Dr. Amit Bakhai, consultant cardiologist at Royal Free Hospital in London. He qualified from St. Bartholomew's and Royal Brompton Hospitals in London and is a Harvard scholar. He's also been described as a cutting-edge, internationally respected frontline consultant cardiologist. We're going to discuss everything cardiology, that's things related to the heart and blood vessels. So, Amit, can you explain, so you're a cardiologist, so that's to do with things to the, the heart and, and also blood vessels, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a difference between cardiac surgeons that um, do general anaesthesia surgery and but give you bypass grafts and new valves versus us as cardiologists who will do all the diagnoses, the imaging, pacemakers, and the stents for the heart attacks. So there's a slight difference there that we don't, we don't cut you up uh, under general anesthesia, we will put in pacemakers keyhole. We'll do a lot of things keyhole, um, but the cardiologists are the ones that uh, uh, don't put you to sleep. How about that? Because <laughs> I, I remember when I did cardiology a long time ago at medical school, I was quite surprised actually because I imagine it was all just kind of looking at you know heart tracings and stuff. But actually, you do do quite a lot of interventional stuff, as you were saying, um, but just not the kind of big sort of operations. Yeah, we do the life-threatening stuff. So we will actually do everything that's, um, you know, if you come in with a with an electric heart, that's electricity in your heart that's not working and you need a pacemaker suddenly to keep your heart ticking over at the right pace, we'll do that. If you come in with a heart attack in the middle of the night and you need your artery opening up from the blockage that's causing that heart attack, we'll put in a stent so that we'll do that. Um, so those are the sorts. Of, and we'll make the diagnoses that need to go to surgery immediately. So if you've torn a vessel in your body or if you've torn one of your valves will actually find that problem and get the surgeons to take you as an emergency to those things so unfortunately surgeons can't take you without us so we're kind of the gateway as well yeah you're very 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 important <laughs> so um so we've, we've had we've had we had loads and loads of questions actually from uh from listeners uh, about the subject i think obviously the heart is an incredibly important uh organ but also i think it's something that people worry about a lot you know people sort of heard about heart attacks and things like this and cardiac arrest and i think there's a lot of confusion uncertainty around this so we've had we've had loads of questions so, so the good thing there max is that our behavior and our approach to the heart so if we're warriors rather than looking after our heart makes a big difference to how our heart functions and performs and so actually it's, it's right that there's lots of knowledge requests for the heart but what we want to do is share confidence on how to have a good engine rather than you know scaring you etc a lot of people get anxious oh my god i'm going to have a heart attack because somebody else in the family had a heart attack and there are ways to help you the art of cardiology the art of prevention of heart disease is so well established now we've got so many good ways to test to image and to prevent heart attacks now people must use those services really well that's interesting so rather than just kind of worrying about something you know it's, i suppose what you're saying is the kind of the 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 focus should be on actually trying to you know change change behavior that we know will make a difference yeah, and it will uh, the national institute of clinical excellence our gps our pharmacists our nurses in the community everybody has been given lots of good education training and resources to help you prevent your heart disease. And I don't know if you remember, Max, there, was a fan there is a fantastic program called the NHS Health Check. We were the first country in the world to actually say that everybody between the age of 40 and 74, if we already don't know you've got heart attacks and heart disease, we will test you out and see what your cholesterol is, see what your blood pressure is, see what your sugar levels are, and see if we can actually prevent you having heart attack 
and actually find if you've got diabetes that you didn't know about or high cholesterol that you didn't know about. And actually that risk score, the Q-risk score, which is a British invention from our databases of our GP repositories of patients, is one of the most you know, sought after programs in the world. And we actually invested 600 million pounds uh, in one year to actually set that program off. And actually using that, we've actually identified people at 10 year risk of heart attacks, death and strokes and prevented them. You know, so we've saved hundreds of thousands of lives through that program as a country, and we're quite blessed. And you know, the Americas are just still catching up. The states in America still haven't caught up with that sort of program. They don't have a phenomenal NHS system as we do. Yeah, I was I was actually recently contacted uh, to uh, to go into my GP to have that that kind of that that done, uh, and it made me go. feel quite old. I was quite surprised. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it was it was an unwanted. Birthday how was your present. cholesterol? How was your cholesterol? It's mate? fine actually. It was okay. I was, was actually very right? relieved. I hadn't even thought about it. And I suppose one of the things that it does do is that, you know I'm relatively low risk. I do lots of exercise and so on. But even even just being asked to go, I suddenly thought, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. The, 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 I'm now entering a phase of my life where decisions that I make around sort of things I do, exercise and so on actually will have a potentially a big impact um and so it was actually maybe sort of quite mindful about choices and i made did you, and did you get your two figures did you get your age and your heart age because we can actually tell you your heart age as opposed to your actual years in life did you get um, i can't actually remember I, they, they gave me very de- they actually gave me a detailed report they did all kind of bloods and everything i was actually quite impressed we saw it with the nurse That's and you get half an hour as well i was quite surprised isn't that incredible? It's totally NHS backed and supported and actually a little bit of investment upstream will will stop you having a car crash. It's like an MOT. It's yeah, prevention is, is better than cure, yes. Okay, so go. let's let's uh, let's make a start then. So, um, so we've got quite a few to get through. So, um, th- and I think they cover pretty much cover all of the kind of main topics. I think in cardiology. Um, so, first of all, my GP has told me that I need a statin, but I'm really worried about taking them. I've read that some people suffer from muscle pain after taking them, and one of my friends suffered such bad memory loss while he was taking them that he feared he was getting dementia. It stopped as soon as he stopped taking the pills. Are there certain drugs that might cause fewer side effects? So I think the first thing to say here is that that, that listener has kindly shared their concerns and their worries. And you can see that there's two parts to that. There's the GP wanting to help do that prevention piece to stop a heart attack occurring and hence is prescribing a cholesterol-lowering tablet. It's just like your NHS health check, this person will have been found to have a greater than 1 in 10 chance of a death stroke or heart attack in the next 10 years. We consider that high risk. And so that's why the statin has been recommended. And then there's the piece about media. And I'm so glad that we're doing media, which is positive knowledge, positive awareness and prevention. So the statins have saved millions of lives in the, in the world because we've lowered your risk of a heart attack. Statins work by literally over the course of five years, reducing your relative risk, your risk of a heart attack, by almost a quarter. So if you were 10% risk of dying, you would be down to 7.5% risk of dying or death stroke or heart attack in the next 10 years. So they're really powerful agents. Because millions of people are on them, there will be side effects. And if you reuse the wrong dose, too high a dose, etc., then of course, and you're a frail person, remember the doses that we usually start with were the ones in the trials. And if the trials were not done on frail or elderly or Asians, etc., then we may not have the right dose. So we can adjust the doses to help your muscle aches. We can even give you supplements like coenzyme Q10, which are really well tolerated 
and they help you tolerate the dose of statin as well. Uh, and about a third of people really benefit from that. There are different medications we can use if you can't tolerate any statins at all. We can do a combination of a really tiny dose of statin with something called azitamide, which makes you secrete the fat out of your gut. And there are now injections that are called PCSK9 inhibitors. They, they actually program the liver, would you believe, to not produce so much statin. God, and there amazing. are even newer tablets coming through. So there's so many ways to, to not you know, get the muscle aches. The memory impairment is really rare, and it only occurs to very few people at very high doses of statins. So I can reassure you that that is, not, that is not the common thing at all. That is less than one in a thousand people would have that sort of side effect. And also, I suppose, what, having worked in, in dementia myself, what, what's interesting about that is that people's concern about memory loss when on statins, you know, it's, as you were saying, it's, a kind of, it's such a tiny, 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 tiny um, percentage of people that experience that side effect. Yet, actually, people with very high cholesterol are much more likely to develop a, a, a dementia because they will have tiny, Not just tiny dementia, strokes. The strokes. Yeah. Exactly. They'll get the strokes. They'll get the multi-infarct dementia strokes of little, little areas of the brain uh, backing off. Exactly right, Max. There yeah, so it's just interesting, I suppose, about how it's, to me, it speaks about how we sort of evaluate risk. You know, we kind of, we get worried about taking a pill where there's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction, but, you know, minuscule uh, percentage chance of it maybe affecting our memory versus actually knowing that if we, if we don't treat our high cholesterol, that actually there's a significant chance we will develop, um, we will have strokes and, and, and that Doesn't can that sound so much like COVID vaccines? So would you say to this listen then that really uh, that you, you would recommend still so even though they're concerns please, to speak, kind of put to those into context. Exactly. please speak to your GP tell them your concerns tell them your worries the GP will monitor you really closely we'll start with a really low dose and then build that up if necessary or can use combination medications we've got so many good things that we can offer you to lower your cholesterol you shouldn't be worried about that at all Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. Right, so the next question is a bit similar in a way because it's about, I think, generally anxiety around medication and taking tablets, um, but it's, it relates to a slightly different cardiovascular problem. So my doctor says I have high blood pressure and I need to go on tablets. Is this really necessary though? My reading is 160 over 90. Can't I try and manage it through diet? I don't think I eat that much salt, so I don't understand why my reading is so high. Can the tablets cause side effects? So I suppose in this, in this question, there's quite a lot really to sort of unpack because there's also this number as well that people often talk about this, you know, the, 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 the higher number over a lower number, which I think also causes a lot, a lot of confusion. So could you talk about that? Like what actually is, what, what is, what is blood pressure? Yeah, no, thank you so much, Max. I mean, and this is a lovely listener's question, actually, because, uh, again, they've mentioned their doctor, they've mentioned blood pressure, they've mentioned a reading 160 over 90. The 160 is the forward pressure when the heart is actually contracting and pushing blood into your body. And then when the heart relaxes, the measure of that blood pressure at your arm is 90 when the heart is relaxed. And in fact, we're about two thirds of our life we spend at the lower number and one third of life at the higher number. And so your average blood pressure is actually two thirds of the bottom figure, 90 in this case would be 180, plus the 160, one third, uh, so that will be about uh, 340, and then you divide it by three, so you, you'll get a number here of 113.3 recurring, etc. So this person's blood pressure is particularly high because in theory, you know, you want to be 120 over 80 when you're young, and 130 over 85 when you're older. And if you can stay that low, long way into your 80s, you will live forever practically. We know that if you have high cholesterol and you have high glucose in your blood, 
if you don't have high blood pressure, you're protected. Once you've got high blood pressure, you're punching holes into your vessels. And then the sugar and the cholesterol can get through and create these blockages and these plaques, these traps of dirt, which include cholesterol, fatty acid and sugar and cells in there. Uh, dustbins of cells trying to eat the cholesterol, etc. And that's what blocks up the arteries. Now, this person's been really smart. They've said, I don't eat a lot of salt. First of all, is that a high reading? And actually, there's something about if you're very anxious when you go and see a GP, you may have white coat hypertension. So it may not be your real blood pressure. So the first thing the GP will say to you is, look, this is what your blood pressure is today. I'm either going to bring you back, make sure you're calm, or here's a blood pressure machine to take at home and let's see what your readings are at home. They may ask you to take four or five readings for a few days in a row, or we can put a 24-hour blood pressure monitor on you to see what your blood pressure is like every 30 minutes in the daytime and at night when you're sleeping. Some people have a normal blood pressure in the daytime, but when they're snoring and struggling for breath at night, they'll have a high blood pressure. Some people might do night shifts and so their blood pressure will actually be higher at night because of that. So there's all sorts of important aspects. And if you did want to reduce your blood pressure through natural ways, then beetroots have been found to definitely lower blood pressure. So beetroot juice, one part beetroot juice to four parts water, a little piece of dark chocolate a day, exercise, losing weight, stress management, meditation, Tai Chi, all of those things will help reduce blood pressure. But you won't be able to reduce it naturally more than about 15 points on the top figure. Now, if we're trying to get you to 130 and you're at 160, you're not going to be able to do it with even the best lifestyle. You genuinely have somehow got too high a blood pressure there, so you're going to need some medications. Sorry about that long answer there, Max, but it's quite a lot there in that question, That's, so hopefully I've covered it all. It's very helpful, actually, because I suppose looking at that number, so you know, just to take that example, 160 over 90, you, I suppose somebody, a lay person, would look at that and think, well, you know, you're saying it's got to be 85. It's only five points off. That's nothing. But actually what you're saying is when you take the average, so when you add those numbers together and kind of work out what the average amount of pressure yeah. that the blood vessels are under, actually it's the 160 number yeah. is, is too high, and it's too high, really, Correct. to kind of reduce it with kind of just dietary measures so yes this person is going to have to take high blood pressure just explain then so what if if this person said well do you know do you know what i'm going to ignore the medical advice i don't want to take high blood pressure what are the uh, high blood pressure tablets what are the risks what 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 kind of risk are they facing thank you so we have an amazing study called the framingham study to thank which is which was just north of um, boston uh, which was a town of around four thousand uh, middle-aged Americans that were followed up for 10 years and more. And uh, ever since then, they've been continued to be followed up and their even their children are being followed up, etc. and their neighbors and their relatives. And actually, those people followed up were the first people to tell us over 10 years, if your blood pressure is high, your sugar is high, uh, your risk is high overall, that you're going to have an increase in death rates and strokes and heart attacks. And so high blood pressure will cause kidney damage, eye damage, brain damage, heart damage, uh, and generally give you premature death uh, and can be avoided very easily. And, and so that's, that's why we know that. So, so it is really, really important to kind of get on top of this. It's something that if you imagine that your pressure cooker is supposed to be at just the right pressure or high pressure only for a few minutes when you're heating up the food, imagine that your pressure cooker is on all the time. That is just not tenable uh, to a good way of life. So it, it, you're causing your blood vessels harm by doing that so and just i suppose the, the, the final part of um of of that question really talks about side effects 
but there are, I mean, all medication has side effects, doesn't it? So, so what are, what are the side effects of taking high blood pressure tablets? So we have six or seven different ways of approach of medications, different families of medications. So one, for example, is called a beta blocker. It lowers your adrenaline in your system and it will slow down your heart rate as well as reduce your blood pressure. Another one is called a calcium antagonist. And that one just relaxes the muscles inside the blood vessels to relax. It's actually making you have an artificial a medication way of relaxing your blood vessels rather than yoga or tai chi or, or soothing music, for example, etc. And that will also work. And then there's another one which says, actually, let's make you pass more salt and water out of your, out of your kidneys, and that will reduce your blood pressure. So there's lots of different ways of reducing blood pressure. And if we take the commonest side effects of something like a beta blocker, for example, you might get cold peripheries. If we take the calcium antagonist, you might get slightly swollen legs. Only about 2 or 3% of people will get swollen legs. And so 95% of people and more will be able to tolerate these medications perfectly well. So 19 out of 20 people will get no side effects. And if you're the 1 in 20 that's got a side effect with medication 1, we've got six other types of class of medications we can help you with. So it's not something to worry about. Again, speak to your GP and, and discuss that. So there's lots of options and really the risks of not taking or not treating your high blood pressure are really considerable versus the really kind of tiny risk that you might have a side effect. And even if you do, there's lots of other options for other medications. Absolutely. The risks for preventing a heart attack through reducing your blood pressure, reducing your salt levels, reducing your cholesterol, reducing your sugar. You know, we can benefit from all of those aspects to help protect you and not have death strokes or heart attacks early. That's all we've got time for today, but come back next week for part two. In the meantime, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. And whilst you're there, please leave us a review.